You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. CJ, the painkiller, D. Simone. And as you can see, my partner in crime is MIA right now. Hopefully he's trying to log in. Matthias Simon in the chat, what is going on? Thank you again for tuning in. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, my friend, big time. All right, so now... Tonight's uh, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Joe Douglas press conference. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, thoughts on Robert Sala and what his thought and everything was going, what his thought process is going into the combine. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the combine, as I like to call it, the underwear Olympics, where everybody gets so, you know, excited about different people coming down the pike. It's very interesting how a lot of different names are starting to surface. Uh, so far, there's a there's, there's a quarterback out of Liberty um, that's been talked about. Whereas you know before they were saying, oh, well, there's there's no uh, no quarterbacks in this draft. You know everybody's going to do a fait accompli and, and and say that there's there's no uh, no quarterbacks in this draft. I think it's kind of funny to be honest with you. I really think that the underwear Olympics are what I think they are. <laughs> I mean, you got you guys know how I feel about the combine. You guys know how I feel about the offseason for the most part. Scott Kalisby again in the comments over here. Uh, shout out to him as he's joining us this evening. I'm in a nice and easy soft mood. Let's all love how well the Jets have been. Everyone just needs a hug. There are some days I just don't know what to do with you, Scott. But anyhow. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go full bore into tonight's episode as we talk a little bit about the New York Jets combine. So... I haven't really been paying as much attention to it as everyone else has. I'm sure Matthias Simon could probably tell you the 50,000 different things that are going on with the Combine. I'm sure he is. So, you know, it, it's it, it's funny how guys will sit there, we'll, we'll watch the Combine. Um, they, they like to see different people in. They like to see different people play. So, and it looks like that my co-host has actually joined us. Let's get him on the stream. There he is. Yeah, well, that's not necessary. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> what is going on? Jax, how you doing? What's going on, brother? I'm good. Scott Kalispie said that it's a pleasant evening, we'll and he's work. so glad that, yeah. that you made it tonight. <laughs> Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, 
and, and I say that with all due respect because it may have been slightly more difficult than maybe you think. Um, but yeah, look, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the year, and I've been I've been in here watching the combine. All right, so I wanted to get your thoughts on the Joe Douglas presser. Have you gotten an opportunity to watch it at all? Yes. All right, so let's start with with you and and what are, what are your thoughts on what Joe Douglas talked about during the presser? I really like Joe Douglas. Let me let me let me begin by saying that. And I, I think that um, in this situation, there is kind of a generic way that you would expect that that any reasonably, you know, good GM would 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 interact and would answer questions and, and would discuss the future. I think this this situation here is a little unique because it is us. Right. It, we've been so bad for so long and, and the low hanging fruit and, you know, everybody knows what the narrative is around the New York Jets. And we've, we've been poorly run for quite some time, but at this point in time, I, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think we're dealing with, uh, you know, I'm not going to say the, the big gorilla in the room just quite yet because uh, we would need to see multiple years, you know, worth of what it is that we saw last year. But I will say it's supposed to be somebody who I, I really do believe has a firm grip on what's necessary, not for nothing, what's necessary here. And what it is that we're trying to build here and, and your favorite commentary on where it is that, that we're supposed to be striving to with that competitive sustainability, right? We have an opportunity to really just kind of sit back and watch it work, right? We, we, we saw there's really, when you talk about bright spots on this team, most of what it is that we're talking about are guys that have been here for literally a year or, you know, two. That's it. So the reality is right now is that I think Joe Douglas, as he's framing the answers for this stuff, He's basically outlining what it is that we should, you know, kind of expect. And, and and I'm excited to see what that manifests into when it comes to players. I like the direction of the team. His mantra of, of, of building through the trenches is is something I think that, that is probably should be universally respected. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I stand on it. But, you know, we also have the opportunity right now to add some depth, some fluff, so to speak. Right. Some 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 things that that go right below the surface of. You know, this is our superstar running back. Who do we have behind him? Or this is, you know, our number one wide receiver. Who do we have behind him? Or this is our tight end. Who do, we don't have any of those. Who do we have behind him just yet um, on the team? We would hope in certain cases that the guys that we had starting would be the who do you have behind him going forward. So I like how Joe Douglas talks about it. And I don't want to be the guy right now. Um, that, that, you know, is the fanboy because I know everybody would, would, would you know, kind of want to jump on that wagon. I don't think that I'm being a fanboy when I say I really do believe that Joe Douglas is going to be able to add significant um, resources in this year. And uh, the 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 reality is, is that as he adds them, we're really not going to see the, the the full impact of them for another few years. Right. I'm excited, man. I'm just going to keep it real. Joe Douglas and in, in line with what it is that we hear from Robert Sala with uh, with the direction of the team, um, you know, obviously a little cryptic with what it is that he says that they're wanting to do because everybody wants to do all of that stuff. He didn't say anything that shocked me. He didn't say anything that made me feel like, oh, my God, this is not the guy. Um, he made me really feel like, all right, we're going to see what free agency really starts to look like within the next couple of weeks. If I can make it through the next couple of weeks without reaching through my, my Twitter feed and strangling some fool with some ridiculous ass fake, um, then I'll be happy to see what it is that we start doing during that time. But Joe Douglas, I, I don't know. I like Joe Douglas, man. I really do. I just, everything that he said specifically. And again, like I said, 
there really isn't anything that stood out other than build through the trenches. We, we kind of have an idea what it is that we want to, you know, kind of do with regards to almost every position of, of, of need. And they're saying the right things about really what it is that, that, that I think the main focus will end up being is what it is that we do for Zach Wilson uh, going forward. I like Joe Douglas, man. I'm just going to keep it real. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I've paid attention to some of the moves and, you know, we criticized him when he, when he brought in Khalil and did all of that. Um, but he was making an effort, you know, he's still jacked up with the kicker. I'm still not really happy with him in that regard, but there's a lot of other stuff that I can point to and say, look, you know, this guy is, you know, this guy looks like he he's going to be here. You know, he free agency, like when you brought in Quincy. Joe Douglas is good, man. I mean, was was there something specifically that stood out during it for you that made you feel a certain way about what he said or, or what do you think? Well, there were a couple of things that stood out to me with the press conference. One of the things that definitely stood out with, with the press conference was as far as I look at everything, I like the fact that He's open to the possibility of trading the, or trading the number 10 pick, possibly being aggressive. They know that they have the cap space. They know that they have the draft capital. And they know that they have a very unique opportunity for them to improve this football team in a very short amount of time, provided that they push the right buttons. That being said, mm-hmm. Joe Douglas really did not give you anything in the way of what he plans to do. But, uh, I mean, he's just a master of just... Telling you everything, yet telling you nothing. So, for me, that's kind of what I got. And then when he, he was pre- when, when he was pressed upon certain subjects, he basically just reiterated and stood his ground and just said, "Look, this is a process. We have an opportunity to improve our football team. If you're not walking into the building every day thinking of ways and trying to find ways that you're not trying to improve your football team, no matter what day of the week is, then you're not trying hard enough." So. He's saying all the right things. He's doing. He's doing his GM speak, and last year's draft class, tur- you know, turns out to be very, very solid for right now. So we need to build upon that. We need to build upon the success of last year. So now, granted, that success was marginal. The majority of the of the season was very, very frustrating because of everything that happened between. Zach Wilson struggling, the ineffectiveness of the offense, the over-effectiveness on the defense at the beginning of the season, and then basically not being able to step in, to stop anybody at the end of the season. So Robert Sala had interesting things to say. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But as far as Joe Douglas is concerned, I encourage everyone to go and read an article put out by the, by the website Jetswire. Shout out to them. Shout out to Tyler Greenwald. Uh, the gentleman who put this uh, or to put this article together. He's Joe Douglas has got Joe Douglas came out and basically said that he isn't focused on any position, but would rather take the best player available approach. If there is a player, regardless of position, that we feel we can come in here and be that and come in here and be that type of difference maker, yeah, we need to talk about it and have that discussion. All right. A lot of people are kind of pointing toward um, the number ten pick. Uh, some people are feeling like in a couple of different mock drafts that are going on, I really don't want to spend too much time talking about mock drafts because we still haven't even addressed free agency yet. So, But there seems to be so much of an emphasis on the draft right now as opposed to free agency. The thing that kind of still gets stuck in minds to the New York Jets offseason is fans expect this franchise to go out there and just to spend money hand over fist Go get this guy, go get that guy, go get the other guy, 
But you don't know if going to get this guy, that guy, and the other guy is going to actually play into improving your football team. So, yeah, it's great. We could go out and we could sign an offensive lineman. Top offensive a uh, top offensive lineman in the draft uh, in the in, in free agency, right? He could come here and he can completely stink up the joint. All right. Joe Douglas talked Ryan Khalil out of friggin' uh out of retirement. Six million dollars flushed down the toilet. We've talked about bargain basement bin shopping, right? We've talked about other players in the past where the Jets have given good sizable contracts to. Trumaine Johnson, Muhammad Wilkerson, although Muhammad Wilkerson was a draft pick. All right, how many other bozos did we bring in here that we spent money, that we gave contracts to, that just didn't, that it it didn't work out? And it is what it is. You know, this is the time where I get it that the Jets want to be aggressive, and I applaud them with the fact that they want to be aggressive, because we saw Mike McCagnan do that, and it failed, Okay. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Douglas is on the equivalent of Mike McCagnin because so far, it seems like that he is not. He has done a far better job, in my opinion, than Mike McCagnin did when Mike when when Mac was here. Plain and simple. All right? So, that being said... More talent in one drag. Right. We we can't... If, if, if we're going to go and we're going to, to make a, a sizable purchase, so to speak, and we're going to part with draft capital in order to acquire a player who we feel can come in and, and can really be a, be an instant difference maker on this football team, then the question has to be asked, what's the price range? And what are you willing to give up? Does said player want to come here and play for the Jets, a team that is a, a team that is rebuilding? I'm sorry, Jax, but 4-13 on a rebuilding team is going to be a hard sell for free agents coming to Florham Park in a, in, in, in a week and a half or so. Am I off base? Am I on Planet Rock? What? Talk to me. No, but the one thing that I do believe, right, is that players talk. Players talk. Players interact. They are they are out with other players at certain times, and they know what's going on within an organization for the most part from the people that they respect um, the opinion of. And, and I think that if anybody – you've got to think about it in terms of the type of players really that we would want to be here, anybody that would come here is going to be the type of guy that wants to be involved. We're growing right now. We're building. We got we got some stuff. And 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 people that come into this situation have to understand what it is that they're walking into. They know they know he's been here for like 15 minutes. Right? But they also have been able to see some of the film. They also have been able to talk to some of the guys in the locker room. Um some some of the coaches in particular. Have, have probably had conversations about him. He was a number two pick. He's got to play Joe like Douglas it, though. He's going to shoot it straight to him. He's going to shoot it straight to him. He's going to give him the number. I don't, I don't think anybody would sit here and say that Joe Douglas is known to, to, to go buck wild when it goes to contract negotiations. He's not giving up the house for any of that. I just, I mean, I, I don't see it getting crazy. I, I just, I kind of just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see it getting, you know, ridiculous. I know he said he wants to be aggressive talking about the type of that we saw uh, with what it is that he got back from that Jamal Adams trade. You know, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for that type of aggression. We could do that all day. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it turns out as of right now. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. Cause I think, I think we're, I think we're going to take shots at a couple of guys. I don't think it's going to be this big, you know, uh, this parade of, of, of folks, but 
I think we're going to bring in some, you know, some some guys that, you know, maybe maybe we might not expect. There are some names that are out there right now. Um, but I, but I don't expect Joe Douglas to go buck wild with giving away contracts and none of that. I do believe that all of the free agents out there know that this is an opportunity to grow. If you you you're not just going to come here and sign a one year contract, get dough and and, and bounce. That's not what it's going to be. If you come here now, you better bring your bring your hard hat, man. Bring your lunch pail. Bring the steel toe tims. Bring it. You better. Because I think that's the type of atmosphere that that people are hearing that is being cultivated and built right now. I mean, we're early. I don't want to. I don't want to be the homer, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to be the homer. I just. Uh, it's it's early, but how are you being you a homer? I don't get it though. Works. We're gonna score. I don't get it. Why? See, this is this is where like the whole the the homer talk. I I, I kind of shut my brain off with it. Okay, because the only thing, Jax, that you're mm-hmm. saying is is that, yes, you're excited, but guys that are going to come here, they better bring their hard pa- their hard hats, like you said. They better bring their lunch pails, like you said. They, they better Three. come here and be prepared to work. Why? Because fans are sick and tired of seeing this, seeing this franchise as being the butt end of every NFL joke there is. The, the fans of this football team are tired Jet of being... Mi- right. The, the the fan the the fans of this team are sick and tired of people who of of people making fun of them. But here's the thing: when you've been over a decade with one winning season to show for it, and just a calamity of errors, it's it's very very difficult for you to wash off that stink in one season. And let's face it, that stink kind of got embedded a little bit with the fact that Joe Douglas. Even though he was brought in at the very beginning of the of the regular season, and mind you, draft had already been completed, free agency had already been completed, etc., 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 with Adam Gase coming in, he he should have been shown the door in the first place. He should have absolutely been shown the door, and now with the fact that the Jets ended up having a three and thirteen season, a two and fourteen season, or, or whatever. Which ultimately cost Adam Gase's job. There's still that stink that the team sucks, and the problem is until until you start winning football games, Jack, that stink is gonna be there, dude. Don't we do? It's like a posse of skunks just jumped on your ass and just completely just 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 sprayed you from head to toe. All right, like not even friggin' tomato juice (laughs) is gonna get rid of this stink. All right, you can take a bath in tomato juice for like three days. All right, scrub yourself with a freaking celery stalk. All right, there, 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 there is no amount. There's, there's, there's no amount of deodorant that's gonna get rid of that stink until this team starts winning and until this team shows that they can, they can completely. You know that that they have that's, turned the corner. That they are starting the to line. right. That that they should be looked at as a as that's a legitimate, incredible um, uh, NFL franchise. But I I digress. Continue. I'm sorry. If, I went if, off on a tangent with the with the homer. Yeah. Just realistically, that, that's that's true though, right? I mean, until we win, what can we say? There is something to be said for, um, you know, teams that teams that that you know, over the course of time, just steadily increase as they build in talent, as they build in experience, and as they build in chemistry. 
I think realistically, if one of these free agents wants to be challenged, if they really want to be recognized as somebody that comes in and, and, and is a game changer for an organization so they can be paid like a game changer for an organization to be the one to come to. We're, we're better than our record says. We're, we're better than our record says. People can, they're going to they're gonna feel a certain way. Like, 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 like my man, Buck Wild. Like he, he says that we're too nice to the team. <laughs> Dude, right. but I mean, it's like. Um, it, it, no, nah, it, we, we beat on the team because they suck. We beat on them because they suck. But, but I mean, they're, they're, I think they're better than we, than we just saw. I think there's talent on this team that actually wasn't a part of, uh, you know, what was going on last season. So I think as this team is currently constructed, if these guys are healthy, I don't think we're as bad as, as what our record said. One of the other things that I took away from Joe Douglas's press conference, he addressed the Braxton Berrios situation. He says the talks are still continuing to be ongoing, but you know he he he's optimistic that things will get done. But he left the door open for the possibility that you know may, the the price tag could be too high for the Jets. Another thing that he also brought down is that he's not looking for any player to come here. Uh, he's looking for guys that are uh, that are going to come here, that are going to work hard, um, you know, solid work ethic, um, high character guys. So you know, the, these are guys who he wants to bring in here because again, they're trying to change the culture. So it's still something that still needs to be said. It's still something that still needs to be done in regards to the way Joe Douglas is approaching free agency right now. And his at uh, on his attitude right now going into the free agency period, where he's basically playing everything close to the close to the vest. They are going to pick up Quinn and Williams' fifth option, um, so that that is good news because that means a contract talks will probably uh, start at, at some point during the season or maybe the end of the, maybe the off season for next year. So we'll see. But I do want to get some of these comments on the air. Uh, shout out to Guy Fisher, the just getting home. Uh, Scott Cleesby, a guest of the night. Please stop, JD tried. Nothing we uh, nothing we do is stupid. He should be given the credit yeah. of just trying. Huge orange slices and hugs for everybody. Um, Guy Fisher in there. Uh, what are we thinking about Cole Beasley? Supposedly he wants out of Buffalo. I haven't heard anything about that, so... Uh, un- until I see it in print, I don't believe it. Guy Fisher in the chat, he shared an article with a Jets organization that's willing to spend $104 million on talent, namely J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson I saw earlier today, courtesy of Adam Schefter. Apparently, I guess his representation is looking for in the range of 18 to $20 million. So that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. Um, Scott Cleesby again in the chat. Um... They need to bring the love. We need to coddle our players more. Fans are way too mean. Um, your your comments to uh, to Buck Wild over there. Um, Buck Wild though disagrees with you. He says we were horrible last season. I'm sorry, but we showed potential. <laughs> Scott Kleesby again. We should have won 12 games last year. We were extremely nice to everyone we played. Um, you know, again, I I, I think that Scott uh, Scott Kleesby tonight is getting like the 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 uh, the the. The weapons hot no. record for for laughing emojis. I am going to read your comment though because this was so, OGs in the chat tonight. Yep, I didn't say we were a good yeah, we team yet though, guy. We're better than we're better than the than the poop show that we saw. Just consider injuries and inexperience. So etc etc etc. So again, 
Thank you again to everybody in the chat who's who's chiming in, who's watching tonight. You might be watching and not chiming in, so we we appreciate it. But just to wrap up, uh, Joe Douglas's Look, press like conference. Like yeah, just to throw um a bow on it. I mean, he talked about the offensive line, talked about Denzel Mims, talked about a bunch of other stuff. I mean, what I got away from it is this. What I got off of the press conference is this. Like, I started the diatribe off at the beginning of the show. I'll end it again with, he's the master of telling you nothing. So, the commonplace issues that are out there, he did address them. He really addressed them in, in a vague fashion, which is a good thing. Because you're not really tipping your hand. Nobody's really tipping their hand going into it. This upcoming Monday starts the legal the legal tampering period. So... Teams can unofficially negotiate with teams, but no one can agree in principle until obviously 4 p.m. on March 16th. So let the tampering begin, which is going to be funny because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people uh, who supposedly have deals in principle. Deals actually come to fruition on March 16th when the gates open up, which is the start of the new calendar year. That's that's going to remain to be seen. So. Yeah. Nevertheless, those are my thoughts on Joe Douglas's Combine Presser. Jax, any final words before I move on to the next topic? The Combine is fun. I just, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. As a football player, watching these guys go through these drills, seeing the differences between the last time when I was playing and, and what it is that these guys are doing now. Offense, I didn't I didn't see an offensive lineman run uh, anything. Like, like, it was like 5'2", five, 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, five, these are off the these guys are running fives and change. Like, come on, man. The game, the combine should give everyone re- a, a little bit more respect for what is due. Um, and what it is that they have to be capable of in order to perform on this level. But as we start talking about combine in regards to the press conference, in regards to the combine, there was a lot of tweets out there today. Um, talking about it, there was a lot of tweets out there talking about different players for the for the combine. There was something that I actually like. Uh, I started looking at a couple of different things uh, in regards to the combine, and I was just completely just amazed with um, with everything that's happening right now within the combine. The fact that there are some players that now their names are being talked about that. No one was talking about before, so we'll see. You know, it's a, it, it's a, the the combine itself is always is always a very interesting animal, any level whatsoever. We'll see what we the, have. The, the combine can also be misleading a little bit. It is because me, I mean, a lot of people get it. I know, I know, Buck. I was gonna gonna call me waffles again, but the combine can be misleading. It can be. A lot of people will continue to say otherwise, Jax. That's just pretty much how it is. Now, moving on. Tonight, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time for you to take us in the spotlight, my friend. So, who do we have in the spotlight so, tonight, my friend? Go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Miles Austin is in the spotlight tonight, uh, guys. And and we're, we're, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to start talking about a lot of different stuff, right? We're going to start talking about players. We're going to start talking about uh, situational fits and scheme fits and all these different things. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, some of the new influx of talent that we have coming in. And who's responsible for this talent other than the coaches, right? A, a, a really difficult, I think, and, and, and hot question right now is what it is that we're going to do with the wide receiver uh, uh, position. 
Are we going to go out and spend, you know, the 20 million to bring Amari Cooper in? Are we going to, you know, maybe take a little bit of a step back and and, and drop a, a, you know, a, a few dollars and uh, bring in a, a guy like Allen Robinson? But I mean, are we going to go high in the draft? Does, uh, you know, my guy Trey Burks look uh, like something that, uh, you know, we, we, we can use as a functional piece in this offense? Um, all of those things are really exciting and really, you know, really, kind of really important. Um, when it comes to the coaches. And that's why Miles Austin is in the spotlight tonight, because that wide receiver room has a, a, a sore thumb sticking out in Denzel Mims. And I need to know what happened with Denzel Mims. And why aren't we questioning Miles Austin about what's going on with Denzel Mims? Is it just him? Is he difficult? Is he stupid? If that's the case, is Miles Austin responsibility as a coach to pull him aside and kind of work with him and teach him some things that will at least show a modicum of improvement? He showed none. He got worse continuously. And I don't know if I can just immediately chalk that up to just him being a moron or if I have to, you know, kind of question what's going on with the coaches in that room. Miles Austin was a pretty good player, right? Um, what he played the Cowboys, the Eagles, uh, a decent guy. I know we knew his name. He was pretty pretty good you know at, at, at times I think um in this situation right now is that translating to him being able to mentor grow and shape young talent that may be having these transitioning into this league and into this offense into this system into this lifestyle that is a wide receiver in the NFL Miles Austin is a question mark for me because the wide receiver position is an extremely extremely valuable position for us and is something like maybe his inability to mentor and grow these young guys going to be something that factors into how it is that we approach adding talent to that room going into this season going forward, right? Is anybody else questioning it? Is anybody else asking that question? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I was thinking about that earlier and just trying to figure out, CJ, I don't know. It is kind of a smallness silly season is when it comes to who it is about, blah, 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 you know, I wanted to think about it as an extremely functional piece for what is going to be an integral part of what, what we do going forward. Yeah, these guys, some of them really good. Talent sometimes does trump coaching, not always. What do you think, CJ? Going a little too deep in this right here, I mean? No, I don't think you're off base at all. Bring up a great point about Miles Austin. The fact that he could come in here and he could be a voice, you know, with someone who's been on competitive football teams. He's, he's, he's won, he's competed, he's played in the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of different things to adding veteran leadership to the room. So, I mean, to me, I don't. Uh, I think that bringing a Miles Austin in could possibly help an Elijah Moore again. Could also, you know, boost up a Corey Davis. Um, could also help, you know, whoever, wh- whoever else will be in that wide receiver room because our our wide receiver, you know, our, <laughs> our wide receiver room uh, right now is kind of a, a little bit of a question mark. You know where. We were talking about last year where, you know, oh, we have this guy, we have that guy, we have the other guy. Jameson Crowder, question mark. Braxton Berrio, question mark. Keelan Cole, question mark. We don't know if these guys are coming back. We already lost Jeff Smith. Vincent Smith is gone, okay? So the the guys you have under contract, you got Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. You still need to add something else to that, um, that wide receiver room. So I'm not worried. Uh, I mean... Uh, I think bringing a Miles Austin in can help, can be beneficial. I still say go after a number one. Um, 
a, a guy I have my eye on, though a lot of people are kind of saying no. What else can I say about my about Miles Austin, other than if yeah. you? If, I, I I I think it's it's just more 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 of an indictment on the position group as on a whole. That's kind of what I was, you know. That's the, the the reason why I I I shine the light on him, is because directly, right? He is related to the outcomes in that room, the outcomes of those players in particular, especially when we're talking about maybe getting ready to add an extremely high dollar investment to that situation. And is he capable of being able to handle the juxtaposition of what it is that it's going to be if, let's just say, we draft a guy and we've got Denzel Mims. And we've got a guy like Amari Cooper who is just upper echelon wide receiver. Last season, we saw Corey Davis be a really effective number two, getting number one targets. That's a very fair assessment. A lot of that changes when we address this position, if we address it in free agency. Yeah, it could be. All right, so real quick, I want to go back to the comments over there. Shout out to Miss Nat. Natasha Lesh joining us in the comments. Thank you so much for being here. Guy Fisher, definitely chowing down on your comments over here. Denzel Mims got sidetracked by Elijah Moore because he knew that he was going to get shadowed. I'm mad with Mims for not showing he's built for for the for the built for this. He tucked his tail and pouted. Uh, Scott Kalisby again, as always, because these coaches will not throw anyone under the bus. Mims has been coddled and had too many orange slices. Will someone please put put their foot in his ass? Screw Parcel, uh, uh, <laughs> hire Parcells for one practice. He'll either get better or he'll quit. Uh, Guy Fisher talking about Denzel Mims again. <laughs> Denzel Mims is not a bust, and I repeat, Denzel Mims is not a bust. He felt slighted and handled was handled very poorly. Uh, Scott Kalisby looking at you said, <laughs> "Look at Kevin. Still waters run deep." <laughs> That's a buck wild. Yep. Buck wild. Mm-hmm. So let's hold hands and wipe his nose because he needs another orange slice. Corey Davis is done. Uh, Corey Davis is done. Say what you will about Robbie Anderson. He's way better than Davis. And Guy Fisher wants I to do. know if we're going to the home opener. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to this draft party that uh, that second string just throwing. My brother and my cousins is trying to get on. I know there's a few there's a few spots left. Uh, think i might attend i think that's going to be an awesome night especially considering we may end up uh quite feasibly with three picks that night matthias simon look mims belongs in a different scheme than we run yeah it's a very very possible fact we've talked about the 2020 draft class they were talking about mims being uh being the the cory davis role like he could play cory davis's position that that was that was the argument behind why it is that he wasn't playing at one point right uh just i'm sorry just just yeah, I guess, but the, but here, here's the thing. Denzel Mims, as far as I'm concerned, dude, had every opportunity to step up and to and to say, "Look at me, I'm here. Look at what I can contribute to this football team." And I'm sorry, dude, he shit the bed. He shit the bed. There is no <laughs> other way to say it. Okay, I mean, Pampers could not even save this cat's ass. There were games where this kid was completely invisible. It does not matter. It, it does not matter because you dropped two, not one, two touchdowns in two different games right in your hands. Zach Wilson hit you between the friggin' numbers. It does not get any better than that. 
What did they do? They gave him Stephen Hill's locker? I don't want to make excuses for Denzel Mims. I don't want... No, I'm not making excuses. You know what I'm doing? I'm bashing the kid. You know why I'm bashing the kid? Because he had his opportunity, Kevin. It's not as if we're talking about LaMichael P. Ryan, right? Everybody says LaMichael P. Ryan sucks. LaMichael P. Ryan sucks. LaMichael P. Ryan sucks. LaMichael P. Ryan sucks. Okay? The dude can't get on the field. He saw three friggin' touches the entire 2021 season. That is completely unacceptable for a guy who sat there and who's arguably your best running back in training camp. I'm sorry, I'm not getting off that hill. If the kid doesn't fit, then trade him. Get a goddamn jockstrap for him. Let the kid go someplace else so at least he can continue his NFL career. Same thing with Jabari Zuniga. The same thing with everybody else from the from the 2020 draft class, including Denzel Mims. If he doesn't fit, cut your losses and keep it moving. I don't understand what the fascination is about trying to jam the square peg in the round hole. I just don't get it. It doesn't fit. <laughs> Do you need me to draw a picture? All right. <laughs> We're going to see if he's in training camp coming up this next season. We'll see if he's even in camp. That's going to be interesting. Um, yo, uh, something, something else that just kind of popped up talking about Denzel Mims. You heard that uh, Lawrence Cager uh, switched to tight end? Mm-hmm. Cager right? didn't help out his case with the it's, drops it's, in the beginning. He then he started, then, then he started catching balls. And then, then the couple of games he tore, what, an ACL? Came it's back the next game. year. He came back and then was, was ineffective because he couldn't, he couldn't get any reps. He couldn't get any reps. So look, if, if they're either going to find a place to use him or they're not, either he's going to be something on special teams or he's not. So it's one or the mm-hmm. other. The fact that Lawrence Cage is actually even in the conversation right now, like we really didn't even see him. Where was he? Right. All right. We can move. <laughs> I actually want you to continue a little bit of that talk about the wide receivers a little bit, because that's actually going to segue. I'm actually going to hijack Jimmy's um, front office segment for tonight as a, as since we're on the topic of wide receiver, why not? So if you can segue into it, I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. The wide receiver room is a conundrum. I mean, it, it, it is really right now. Not to pull out the SAT words on us, right? But we have some serious, serious questions about how it is that we're going to address not only the the lack of high-end talent, right? but the lack of depth or, or, or you know, the, the, the quality of the depth that we actually have available. It is a lot more than just player personnel. It, it, there is, you know, the business side of it, obviously, and then there also is, you know, the decision-making part of it uh, about how it is that we go about, you know, trying to add weapons. Um, I said it before, I don't want a security blanket for Zach Wilson. I, I said that when we talk about Sam Darnold. I don't want security blanket. I want weapons. I don't want, you know, dirt rocks and, 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 and really weak rubber banded slingshots. I want, you know, some tactile joints. I want some, some stuff you need sights and, you know, you got to press buttons and, and be mad far away. I want weapons. That's what I want. I don't want some, you know, some of, some of the, the, the junk that we've seen. And uh, how we handle that is going to be extremely interesting when we know that we have a GM that, for maybe lack of a better term, has been known to be frugal. How does that play out? What does it cost? Who do we bring in? Does what it costs affect who it is that we bring in? Or do we just find a guy and say, we'll pay him what it is that we need to pay him? Jimmy the Reaper Jardine used to step in at this point and drop knowledge, right? That's my guy. I love that guy. I wish he was here. Um, But since he's not, I'm going to hand it over 
to the straw that stirs the drink, my guy, the hairy back beast, CJ, the painkillers, D. Simone. Um, <laughs> who's in the front office tonight, CJ? All right. Well, since wide receiver is the top <laughs> is the topic of conversation tonight, this is going to be fun. Where I'm really going to get to to sink sink my chops in. All right. So I want everyone to huddle around their radios, around their their computers, their uh, their smartphones. However, you're you're consuming tonight's show. And I'm going to tell you guys a story, especially you, Scott Kalisby, because this was actually inspired by you. So you should feel grateful. <laughs> All right. In the front office tonight, Dallas wide receiver Amari Cooper. And the reason why Amari Cooper is in the spotlight tonight is because he was brought up by several different outlets, including Adam Schefter, in which Dallas is not going to pick up his... Uh, Pick up his option apparently on March 20th or something to that effect. He's owed he's owed the tune of, of, of $20 million. So, nevertheless, this is what the conundrum that the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in. We talked about teams that are over the cap, right? Uh, Dallas Cowboys can actually save themselves about $6 million uh, by releasing uh, Amari Cooper at this time. There are no teams that are currently interested in a trade. So therefore, Amari Cooper is more than likely going to be released at some point before that March 20th deadline in which he will he should become an unrestricted free agent and should be free to negotiate any team that he so fits. So Amari Cooper in the front office tonight as Joe Douglas free agency frenzy continues uh, could be a target, a potential target for the New York Jets to take a look at. Beesby has been a big advocate of bringing... Amari Cooper here. I have my concerns in regards to his health issues, uh, most notably his migraines, but we'll see what happens. So, Amari Cooper in the front office this evening. Jax, give me your thoughts, man. Should the Jets kick the tires on uh, on, on Amari Cooper or, or not? I like Amari Cooper. Scott over at Play Like a Jet tweeted out something earlier. I think I retweeted it um, because it actually showed the dominance with which Amari Cooper has been playing. Top 10 in both man and press coverage, but uh, 11th in contested catches. Quarterback rating over 20 yards, ridiculous number, number one in the league. My man Guy Fisher just dropped in the comments a moment ago that we need that deep threat. We need somebody to take the top off, opens up the underneath, makes the tight ends. And the crossing routes that uh, that we love so much, more effective. Phenomenal point, my guy. Um, but the reality is, is that uh, Amari Cooper can be that. Do we want to pay him $20 million? Is he even going to require $20 million knowing that he's coming off of a down year, even by the standards of, of, of what it is that we play? I mean, I don't know. A down year when you're number one in, in, in a lot of categories, is coming out of that offense, coming out of that situation, it's difficult. He was the guy. Coming here, he'll again be the guy in a offense that maybe have some similarities. If you really think about it, we want to have multiple wide receivers kind of moving. We want to have Schultz uh, effective. We want to have a monster run game. We want to we want to be predicated by what it is that we do with the run. Amari Cooper's coming out of that Dallas offense, and we know what they look like. That's what they do well. They run very well. They pass out of that, that play action very well. Dak Prescott shows a lot of poise. He shows a lot of veteran savvy. He shows a lot of different stuff. Amari Cooper's going to come to a guy in Zach Wilson that really hasn't sniffed any of that stuff just quite yet. He required more than $20 million to come here. Do we pay the jet tax? I don't think so. I like Amari Cooper. 
I think Amari Cooper is an extremely talented player. I think 20 million is a lot of money considering how many holes it is that we have to fill and that within the next couple of years, there's going to be some guys that are going to require some contracts that, uh, you know, maybe a little bit bigger. So we're going to have to do some shuffling. Currently, I'm on the fence about Amari Cooper. I have to see what the number is before I, before I can actually say I'm on board fully. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, to be honest with you, one of the things that I, I kind of worries me about the Amari Cooper deal, and this is, uh, I guess this is the risk you take with every free agent. You're, you're paying a contract based on what said player did in another system in another place. And you're expecting said player to come here and to replicate the performance that he, that they put together at another place, possibly on another system. So there's always that chance. There's always that chance that things are going to go sideways. And I just think that personally, the New York Jets cannot afford to take a risk because I think that if they take a risk like this and it does not work out, then it could be catastrophic to the point that it could potentially set the franchise back a couple of years again. And the problem is, is that the franchise has already been set back a couple of years because of all the shitty decisions that were made in the past. So we're already paying the jet tax 10 times over for the mistakes of Mike Tannenbaum, John Idzik, and Mike McCagnin. Not to mention the head coaching carousel that ensued following all of that as well. So here's the thing. And I kind of liked your response to SAC Exchange today on Twitter when you guys were talking about it. If Amari Cooper does get released, which it's pretty yeah, much it's pretty much going to be a, a, a bet, a solid bet that he is going to get released. Is he humbled by the release that he's willing to take a lesser contract to prove that he can still play at a high level? And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I know you, you had an explanation with this as well. Maybe 20 million is not a number. Maybe it comes for seven. Maybe it comes for 10. Would you then possibly entertain the offer? Because if the cap number is like that, that's the number, then there's a lot of teams out there that would love to have an Amari Cooper on their squad, including the New York Jets. I think if the New York Jets were to go out and to acquire Amari Cooper, it instantly legitimizes the wide receiver core. We could go get Bozo the Clown and Pinky the Mule to play the fourth fourth and fifth wide receiver slots, and we'd still be good, okay? But I'm not paying $20 million. No. It's not happening. If that's what he's expecting to get, no. It's hard because that's what he was going to get paid, right? That's what he was due to get paid. Part of, I think, what is an interesting aspect is that that's also the reason why he's available is because that's what he was supposed to be getting paid. I don't think anybody is really in a position to want to pay that right now. All right, so let me read these comments over here in regards to this. This seems to be a little bit of a hot-button topic, and I believe we are going to talk about this a little bit on uh, After Dark. We'll, we'll tease for you there on YouTube.com in just a little while. Um, right. Yep. Uh, unique <laughs> Islam in the chat. Thank you again for tuning in tonight. We are in a piece of we'll pay him $20 million. Um, Scott Kalisby, Excedrin Migraine. I'll buy him the first case, 27 years old. Guy Fisher in the chat. Zach needs a Jamar Chase. Uh, Scott Kalisby again back in there. 27 years old, can run every route on the tree, was thrown under the bus by Dallas until they needed him, and he always showed up uh, showed up for them when needed. It's true. No, Scott, no one is doubting the talent. All right? But the question is, 
will Cooper be humbled enough by being released that he the only thing that he's looking to do is anybody who's going to give him a shot to to prove that he can still play at an elite level. That that's it. Uh, Scott's all, other comments: pay for someone you, that you know can play instead of a could be, and pray that he does well. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Teams will want him, but no team is going to trade for someone that everybody knows is going to be released, of course, because Mike McCagnan tried to do that with, what, David Harris, Eric Decker, a couple of other people. So, unique Islam in the chat, 10 million, I wouldn't mind going after him. Unless you can get him for a fifth, you might be able to, since Dallas knows that they have to release him. That's an instrumental point, right? Um, but 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 tie it into to why. One guy's making the point that there's going to be this ridiculous competition. One guy's saying, give draft compensation to kill the competition. Let's get them. There's logic to it, right? Right. But do we feel like not only is it worth to give up draft capital, but then also have to pay out of the nose? That's why it's prohibitive. That's why everybody can't just be like, yo, do it. It's too much. There's a lot to have to swallow in that. A lot. All right, back to the comments. Guy Fisher in there. We need offensive line power. Let's also not forget that. I have a feeling offensive line is going to be going to be addressed not only heavily in free agency but also in the draft. But there there is something there there is an argument that I want to make for the Amari Cooper um possibly signing. But you know what? I want I want to save that for I want I want to save that for after dark. I really do. Because there's a profanity laced tirade that's attached along to that. In the reasoning for my argument as to why I think the Jets should do it and why I think Joe Douglas needs to go big game hunting instead of going to Ross and TJ Maxx and rummaging through the clearance bin. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Robert Sala's take, it was interesting. He actually, there was an article that was written by the New York Post. And he feels like that upgrading the New York Jets defense is the way to help, the best way to help Zach Wilson in the 2022 season. So, what say you to Robert Sala's comments? Played defense my entire life. Yes, I did play offense. I was functionally pretty good, I'll be honest. There's, 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 there's film. I can't necessarily say that there isn't truth in it, right? Because part of the reason why there's some difficulty around Kirk Cousins is because Kirk Cousins puts the Vikings in positions to win and then their defense coughs up the game and they lose. And people will look and say, but look at his record. The guy is functionally, he's a decent quarterback. He's a good quarterback the record doesn't necessarily show it. So, I mean, again, just to kind of point to something where it's visible that a, a better defense would actually make a quarterback better um, is, is available. It's not just that situation. You kind of look around. Um, I think getting Carl Lawson back is going to make Zach better. I think adding, you know, whatever it is that we do with regards to the linebacking unit is going to make Zach Wilson better. I think bringing John Franklin Myers back down to the interior line so he can, him and, and Quentin Williams uh, can eat, eat, eat in the middle. I think that helps Zach because it limits what it is that he's responsible for having to produce. It allows us to run the ball effectively, hopefully, which in turn makes Zach Wilson a better quarterback. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways to make him a, a better quarterback. Yeah, uh, making the defense uh, better. Yeah, it works. Excuse me. Sorry. Well, yeah, it works. Um, but is that the only thing? No. Does he need somebody to, to open up the offense? Yes. You do score points to win games. You know, if you stop the other team, you know, it makes it a lot easier. Both ways. This should actually be, you know, and I don't want to say broad strokes because I want the detail, but I, this, this should actually be 
we need to add talent everywhere because we need starters, we need backups, we need guys that can come in when somebody gets dinged up for a play or two or somebody goes down for the season. Adding to the defense helps. It's not the only thing that we should be focused on. Okay. So what else do you see? Offensively, we need a tight end. I know we're talking about wide receivers quite a bit, but I'm just going to keep it real. I said it, I, it, it, it. It's making me think of, of, of a time where I was catastrophically wrong, and that was when I thought that Chris Hernan could actually end up being physically talented enough to, reper, uh, to, to replicate a little bit of what George Kittle um, was doing in San Francisco. And, I, again, I wasn't trying to put him on that level, but I thought um, he you had the ability <laughs> – kind of to, to kind of do that right and he's wrong and i was wrong but we've yeah, also we, still seen tyler croft you know kind of make we were wrong plays. about we've a lot of stuff Griffin with freaking uh, seen, with chris yeah, Hernan, but you well, know I'm, don't, I'm gonna be wrong don't get me started on that <laughs> um daniel daniel brown you know I, i'm just saying we need a tight end man we need good ones we need we need two good ones we need two good tight ends i want marvin gontif you, for a tight end that's what i want I want Marvin Gontif. <laughs> Marvin Gontif needs to be the next Great. Jets tight end. My name is Marvin Gontif, and I will fight for you. <laughs> Justin Keller made Mark Sanchez better. Justin yes. Keller made Mark Sanchez yes. better. Yes. But, but believe it or not, believe so it did or Jericho not, Cotri, Jeff though. Cumberland made Geno Smith better. Yes. Right. Jeff, Jeff Cumberland made Geno Smith better. Zach tried. I, I'll give it. Zach, that, you know, I don't, I don't know. Zach, Zach struggled uh, mightily uh, a lot of times throwing the ball in, in, over the middle of the field. But tight end is a young quarterback's best friend. I don't want to say security blanket because I don't want a damn security blanket. Right. I want, I want a howitzer. I don't want a, you know, I want a howitzer. I don't want a freaking security blanket. Yep. Look. I want I want Zach coming out like say hello to my little friends, both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> big time, bro. Both of them. Look, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Big time. That's let's, what the, let's, let's that. that's what let's Zach that needs. Part. I really think that if Zach was to have something like that, it would it would tremendously build his confidence. And not only that, but it would also give him somebody that he knows on third and short. You know that if, if they're running a play action. That you know, he's he's got a guy that he knows that he can. He's always going to be open and always going to be in the vision, you know. And he can get the ball to him. I mean, this is why. This is what made tight ends like Travis Kelsey successful. This is what made Jimmy Graham successful. This is what made you know Tyler Higby successful. All right, and it just just to name a few. Okay, CJ uh, uh, CJ Uzama. He's a, he's another one. Okay, so it's. There's so many needs on offense. There's so many needs on defense. I mean, I do agree with Robert Silas' comments about if the if if the defense plays better, it will greatly help to help out Zach Wilson. But your your defense your defense is only going to be able to score points. It's only going to be able to help out your offense if they're able to get the the stops that they need to get at critical points in the game. And what was one of the things that we saw last year, Jax, that I was pissing and moaning about? Damn everything, CJ. That we sucked. What, what, damn horrible. I almost cursed. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you're talking about the the the, the lack of uh, of maturity when it came to uh, defensive play calling and uh, schemes. And shit. <laughs> we, we we we're talking about uh, you know Zach Wilson being immature and having uh, you know 
Mike LaFleur on the on the sidelines when uh, obviously yeah he should have been up in the booth comfortable upstairs. Take the band aid off. We, we, we talked about it a lot. John Beck was there with the Pampers. Yeah. I don't so. I don't know what, what, what do you mean. No, nah, I'm I'm talking about. I mean, I'm talking about the fact that our defense spent seventy percent of the time on the field. When you know, in third and long, yeah. in third and critical situations, to get that stop to get off the field, you can't. Your your opponent finds a way to convert, and you have a third convert to a first down. And then what happens? Oh well, yeah. now the wheels come off the wagon. Of course, the wheels come off the wagon because the defense can't get a goddamn stop. <laughs> You know, and that was that was the problem in London. That was that, that was the problem in London. It continued in the in the New England game, and it just continued in every game there there after that. And as the year went on. I we were going to beat the Falcons. We should have beaten the Falcons. Listen, I did. There's there's at least at least three games last year we should have won. We still would have had a, a crappy record, but four and thirteen shouldn't have been the end the end result. We should have at least been like seven and ten, in my opinion. On a couple games. Can I jump in with a side note real quick? Yeah, the combine is on right now. And the running run the running backs are running. And I see now why the running back position actually is 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 falling by the wayside slightly. (laughs) Some of these guys are good, man, but I don't know the 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 speed and some of the more ridiculous athleticism is in different positions. Running backs, I don't know. It's really just kind of hard to say. But uh yeah, uh watch the combine, guys. (laughs) Go go ahead, CJ. I'm sorry. I just I just want to throw it out there. Nah, it's fine. Just the, the the only thing that that just makes me laugh right now is the fact that you know here we are again, another critical off season, another off season in which we need to hope and pray that we get the right guy through free agency or we get some more talent in here through free agency, etc. It just it turns out to be a joke, dude. It really does. After a while, it's it get it's it's exhausting. But Joe Douglas is sticking to the plan. Uh, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I should have the confidence in the organization that this was this was also something else. Sack Exchange brought up on, on Twitter that um, you know I kind of chimed in where where I had said that fans needed to stop with the sky is falling mentality. Unfortunately, it starts with the fan base, but that's a hard ask from 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 a team that's from a, a fan base that's pretty much been, you know, lied over and screwed on and shit on, etc. And you know, I'll 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 save the rest for after dark. But I personally just feel like again the areas of need. We have a lot of positions of need, and I still think it's going to take another one to two drafts before we really start to round out this roster and really start to see the progress that we really should see. Now, that being said, you know, expectations for Robert Sala next year are going to be bigger and people are going to be expecting more than four wins. Because if we end up with a 4-13 and record again or a less than 4-13 and record, say 3-15 and or whatever, and the team really struggles then there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be asked. And it's going to be extremely fair to ask those questions. But Joe Douglas told Christopher Johnson that this is going to be a six-year process to turn this franchise around. And we're seeing it. We're seeing a lot of things that we chose to ignore with other GMs that were in the fold. Because everybody thought they could come in here and they could just do a quick fix, right? 
Let's go out, spend shitload of free agency, draft a few guys, mix it all together, and hope something to wall, right? Hasn't that been the Jets' formula for the past decade? Now we got a guy who actually wants to take everything, start to finish, and look at every single position as meticulously as possible, and fans don't know how to handle it because we're getting impatient. So this is, again, another reason why I think that we need to just be patient. We need to trust Joe Douglas, trust the process, and have patience, which is something that, unfortunately, we just don't have patience. We just don't. We haven't had patience for a very long time. It's hard to ask fans for patience. That's why Salah's comments, the defense can help out Zach Wilson. Sure, I mean, I I agree with him to an extent, but I'm not 100% sold on it. I'm just not. I'm not 100% sold on it. And you just can't tell me that I should be. Because unfortunately, I can't because the finished product that I'm looking at you know, it's sort of like I brought up on Weapon Top Mission Briefs, right? You're, you're, you're going into a dealership and you're, and, and you're buying a car, right? But the car salesman is trying to sell you like a frame with a couple of fender panels, maybe a hood, maybe a trunk, a half-finished door. Hey, well, it may not look like much, but you know what? This is going to be a really great car when it's done. That's what the New York Jets are. The New York Jets are that frame with a couple quarter panels, a half-finished door, all right? So you got a windshield, but you got no back window. So you got a trunk, but you only got the lid. You don't got the two back quarter panels, all right? You got no bumpers, you got no lights, you got no wheels, you got no engine, you got nothing. So this is what I'm supposed to be proud of? No, this is not what I'm proud of. Because Joe Douglas basically stripped the car down to the frame to rebuild it. The way that it's supposed to. You're not going to rebuild the Pontiac 68 GTO with parts from a friggin' Yugo, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Yo, and that's, that's... I used to drive a Yugo, okay? Don't do me like that. <laughs> Don't come for me, CJ. I had a Yugo. <laughs> Listen. It, it, I, I bought a Yugo for, for 600 bucks one summer. <laughs> So, I mean, like, like, yo, you know, it's like, just, 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 nah. So, like I said, I'll save it for after dark. All right, final thoughts, my friend. Let's rock and roll on this. So, we're starting to come up against it. Robert Sala came in with the mantra uh, of, of all gas, no brakes, right? And, I mean, we had the T-shirt. Went through Gotham City and got the T-shirt. Was, was excited, was, was, was ready to go. Like, extremely, extremely ready to see how that translates that we had on the field. And let's just say, unfortunately, at the end of the season, it kind of was true. We were all gassed with an offense that, you know, if we had our starters, we would have actually been able to put up some extremely impressive numbers. Um, but our defense is horrible. All gas, no breaks. Not able to stop a nosebleed in quite a few cases. Um, really, really, really abysmal coverage of screens, of draw plays, like, some of the stuff that you know you have to kind of expect in certain in certain places, and we would get gashed repeatedly. My final thought this evening just kind of take me to where that mantra is going to need to evolve to, because it's not going to be the same every year, right? Every every year it's different. Um, I think what it is that we need to kind of do is we is we need to have a you know build the wall moment, right? And I mean not you know what I mean I'm not. A political person like that someone in every now and again but the fact of the matter is is that we kind of need to build that wall 
up front on the offensive line, up front on the defensive line. That's where we are basically needing to see more of our bread being buttered. We have talent coming in, but I'm just going to keep it real. The way that this team wins is by running the ball and playing really good defense, which, again, is all gas and ridiculously high power air brakes. Let's do that going forward. I'm interested to see what the mantra is going to be like. Um, that's it for my final thoughts for the night, CJ. I'm not going to go too long. All right. <laughs> well, go look, I, I, I'm just going to keep mine <laughs> short and sweet. Y'all know how I feel about the underwear Olympics. All right. I, I just can't wait for free agency to get underway. I'm, I'll be happy when the combine is over because then different people are going to be shooting up the uh, shooting up the charts. A lot of people are going to be talking about a lot of different things. All of a sudden, some names we never heard of. Their draft stock is going to is is going to rise. And I just got one point of caution. Everybody establishes their their mock drafts based on whatever they see, whatever tape that they have, and so on and so forth. But here's the thing: once people start seeing seeing guys perform at the combine, they have a tendency to fall in love. Then all of a sudden, they're just like their love is in full bloom for said player. Okay. And that's where you have to be buyer beware, okay? That's where you look at it and it's like you are 100% Fugazi, okay? Cautionary tale, Dave Gettleman and the New York Giants with, Dan, with Daniel Jones. Kid had a great combine, kid had a great pro, pro day. Dave Gettleman had a hard-on for him. What did they do? They went and they drafted him, and Daniel Jones is a scrub. Sorry, Giants fans, hate to break okay. it to you, Okay. The Jets cannot afford to fall into that trap of getting excited about one player that they have visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads like it's Christmas time. And <laughs> oh, this player's gonna come in and he's gonna be, you know, he he's gonna be the the Mark Bessier of the New York Jets. No, stop it. Okay? Stop yourselves right there, put down the crack pipe, slowly back away, and go see your nearest psychiatrist. Okay, do yourselves a favor. Don't believe the hype. Concentrate on free agency. See the path that Joe Douglas is trying to lay out. Go from there. Because free agency is going to set up how we're going to attack the draft. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody always wants to say, no, guys have needs in the draft and that's what they target. Bullshit. Your free agency sets up your draft. Plain and simple. Because you're going to get role players in free agency, and you're going to look to get the meat and potatoes of your roster from the draft. That's and again, the Jets are in a great position right now to to improve this football team very very quickly. If and I do want to specify, if they push the right buttons, that's going to be my final thoughts for tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone who is watching, all six of you, actually now five of you, and everybody who was in the chat. I see my guy Anthony Triola was in the I see Anthony Triola was in the chat for a second. I met Anthony at the at the Charlotte game. Nice. Um I wanted to give him I wanted to throw him a shout out. If he remembers uh I I, we were going up the stairs, I I gave him a shout out. All right. That's awesome right there, Anthony. Thank you for joining us tonight. And everybody else who is joining. Uh Guy Fisher is about to go do some shots before after dark so he could go go all in. Somebody put out a bolo on Lowell uh, Lichmore. Khalees B will have another fight on the air. That'll be great. So, ladies and gentlemen. I like them guys, both of them. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow the show on Twitter at Weapons Hot Show. Yes, CNC Jets Factor is going to be retired as of March 31st. If you are following the show on Twitter and you are following us at CNC Jets Factor, please check us out on Weapons Hot Show as March 31st, CNC Jets Factor gets retired. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the glass, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman, NRXO, who is not here tonight, but he's here in spirit, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Plenty of ways to consume weapons hot. Three different ways you could consume weapons hot. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, go to the website, like the website, download the app. You can listen to not only us, but also all the other shows that are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Weapons Hot After Dark, which is going to be following this show at 9.15 this evening, sharp on YouTube.com. If you haven't already liked and subscribed, please help us out. Like and subscribe to the channel and help us to be able to grow it. All right. And also, on you can find Weapons Hot Mission Briefs on Jets World, uh, sponsored by the Jets Guru himself, Mr. Daniel Smith, every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m., as Mr. Garen Brower Jr. is now helping me with Weapons Hot Mission Briefs. We launched our first show last week. Man, it was a good time. JR does tremendous work, tremendous videos. If you haven't got, gotten an opportunity to check it out, please go and check it out. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And I am excited, beyond excited, to have JR producing Mission Briefs for me. So, with that, For Kevin's body, Blackman Jackson. Ladies, make sure you write that down in your little black books. This is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love. Go Jets. Be good to one another. And I'm about to leave you with the best chant in the National Football League. This has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.